This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanc St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. tremendous privilege I think because I've seen so many people coming out of non-Christian homes and they have a lot of pickles and problems and I had the privilege of being brought up in a Christian home and I just thank the God, God every day I get down and I thank God for my Christian upbringing because it saved me from an awful lot of mess and problems um, and it goes back generations and I can remember my gran, <coughs> I've gone back a long way now, I can remember my gran telling me that when she was a girl, so we're going back into the late 1800s, something like 1890-ish, and she was at school in St. Peter's. And she said that the Methodists were come, have come into the island around just a bit earlier than that, but God was moving in a powerful way. They, they were really on fire for God at that time. And she can remember as a girl coming out of school at playtime in the middle of the morning and again in the middle of the afternoon. And it wasn't playtime. They'd just be gathering around as children praying. That was how powerful God was moving around that time in that area out there. So as I said, I was, had the privilege of having two fantastic parents who loved me and Uh, brought me up in a Christian way my mother was really on fire for God uh, uh, particularly often giving messages and tongues and and, and real Pentecostal so was my gran, a tremendous Pentecostal um, lady my gran went and and pop then uh, uh, went to Chichester uh, and had some greenhouses just after the war and there was no Elam church around there at that time and they founded the Chichester Elam Church. I think it's now finished again, but uh, that's what they did at that time. And she was, my gran was a pioneer. She really was. She was one of those ladies that just got on with things and did things. And I can remember as a boy, um, lying in bed one night, I don't know how old I was, probably not much more than five or six, and I felt God speaking to me. And I saw an angel in, in, I had my eyes closed, but I saw an angel flying in my bedroom, across my bedroom. And I told my mother, and she said, that's a sign that that's God's got his hand on your life. So I grew up, got in with, as you do as kids, get in with the wrong crowd, and uh, messed about with some of the boys when I was in my teens, and did all sorts of things which I shouldn't have done. Um, But we had, at that time, uh, I think I was about 18, we had, we all often had um, a pastor and his wife that would come and stay with us in the summer. Um, Pastor Morrison, I don't know if any of you knew, he had a big Elam church in King's Standing in Birmingham, quite a large church. 
And he would always come and stay with us uh, uh, for, for their summer holidays. And I wasn't really walking with God at that time. When I was seven years old, I, I can remember though, before that, that um, every Sunday night there was a, a gospel service and there was an appeal at the end to put your hands up if you wanted to commit your life to the Lord. And after several Sunday nights, I thought, yeah, I, I've got to get right with God. So at seven, I made a decision. I was going to follow God. But as I said, when I got into my teens, and particularly towards my upper teens, I fell in with the wrong crowd, as you do. And um, uh, these, this couple, this, this pastor and his wife came, and they didn't need to preach me a sermon. They didn't need to tell me anything. I knew that I wasn't walking with God, and I knew they were. They had joy, they had peace. Okay, they were on their summer holidays as well. But they had joy and they had a peace in their lives, which I just knew I didn't have at that time. So I, I got down and I, I recommitted myself to the Lord. So I think it was just um, 17, I think I was in 17 years old then. Um, by the time I was 19, I was made youth leader at Vasel. And um, I, I was so green around the ears, uh, it's ridiculous. But we, we, had a, we were all church kids, and we had a group of about 18 of us, I think it was, who were all born and brought up in the church, and that's how it was. And we went away, we, we saw a, a holiday called Vacation Adventure advertised, a youth holiday in Weymouth and we thought well we could jump on the boat from here get there and we could go on this holiday but it was a holiday with a difference because it was uh, an evangelistic outreach and we had to walk about from here to the corner Richmond corner there and we were at our digs so we got off the boat and walked there and the boys were in one lot and the girls were in another room another building down the road and it was full on evangelistic services every night and seminars all morning and out on the streets inviting people to the seminar to the evening service and after the seminar was a coffee bar with a a group playing quite radical for those days actually and that was the days of the hippies and um, I had long hair down to my shoulders it's all fallen off now but now <laughs> I had long hair to my shoulders and, and that, was, that was the style in those days and, and we were seeing people coming in night after night and people getting saved and wow, it, it absolutely as a youth group blew us away I think it was 12 of us actually that went from the group out of 18 it just blew us away so we came back to Guernsey and we were going to turn Guernsey upside down we really were and God moved. I must admit, God moved in a powerful way. We're, as I said, we were green round the ears, but God really moved. And we saw gradually people coming in. And we said, oh, we've got to get a group of people together, start uh, having a coffee bar as well. That's the way they did it, so it must work, so we did it. <laughs> and um, in came Eric Godiel one day. And after two, three weeks, he got saved. And so it went on and went on and went on. And then he went off to Bible college after two or three years. And in, uh, 
And born and brought up was a, a boy called Roy McCloughrey. He was actually the grandson of the founder of Vars William Church, Mr. Baptiste. And he was an amazing chap. He still is an amazing chap. He, it wasn't really me. It was these people that were coming in. And he, was, he, went to, he, he finished Guernsey and he went to the London School of Economics and came up with a, with a first in, in economics. Um, very clever guy. But he was so on fire for God. So on fire for God. His one aim at college, Elizabeth College here was to witness to all the staff. And the last one he had to witness to was the... Um, Gov- not the governor, what do they call the, the, the headmaster? Yeah, but they have a special name for him. I can't think. Anyway, the headmaster. And he said, oh, I've never witnessed to him. Pray that I will witness to him. So we prayed. And he was invited to a final wine and cheese party. So he went and he said he had the privilege of witnessing to the headmaster. That was what his aim was. But he, he, did an ama- he, he was an amazing guy because... Through him, many of the A-level students in both the grammar schools and the colleges came in. And we ended up with a group of 50-odd young people. But the thing was, they virtually all left in the same year. (laughs) So we went down in numbers again quite considerably. But God moved in a powerful way. As a footnote to that, Roy McCoffrey actually... um, um, She was here a few weeks back... um, Brian's wife, Joe. That's right, Joe. Joe Tatum, he is still her tutor. Roy McCloughrey is still her tutor in England. Roy McCloughrey went away and he still goes in to Downing Street occasionally and advises the government and he does preaching around um, the country and around the world actually. Um, God has used him in a powerful way. But his, his, he was the instrument of bringing many people in and we saw many people coming to know the Lord and I had the privilege of, of heading up that team and it was just brilliant to see God moving then I wasn't very well for a bit <clears throat> I had a chemical poisoning and um, <clears throat> I um, had to relinquish my job there and also when I was 21 I was a deacon in the church as well um, and I had to relinquish that and I had to just concentrate on my work and then we went through the tomato industry went through uh, this big downward turn that we had and I, I shared back along how we lost an awful lot of money although we worked like crazy and um, we just, I just knew God was going to deliver us and sort out our problem and somebody came into to the greenhouses one day and he said I wouldn't mind this place so oh, I had two lots of greenhouses it happened twice actually and I said well give me a reasonable offer and uh, we'll see where we go from there and he I, in the meantime I got the place valued and he actually offered the exact figure that I had that it was valued and we just knew that was God um, and <coughs> Sue and I were at work that day and we said right this is it, we'll agree to pass the contracts, we'll agree to sell the place. Sue went home, or we both went home for our lunch, because we only lived down the road, we both went home for our lunch, and as we were having our lunch, the phone went. 
and it was somebody phoning saying, look, a relation of ours, look, a secretary has just walked out, could you help us? And from there on, she had a job, <laughs> although we were working there. And it just worked like that. And it seemed that we went through years of, of working hard, struggling hard, working long, long hours. Uh, and, and, and all of a sudden, it was like a machine gun coming out at us. God blessed us. God sold, sold the, 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 the business. Uh, Sue had a job. And uh, um, I had work it was coming out of my years people asked me can you do this can you do that can you do the other and that's, that's how it went and, and God just blessed it in a, in a mighty way it's like a flood coming over us after all those years of, of hard labour and hard work going back to now to Lancy <clears throat> we just felt uncomfortable around Vosel for a bit and God was disturbing us and so we felt we would would like to move but we had connections with Delancey for a long time I've always had a big heart for Delancey I must admit my parents actually went to the church up the road before the war and then they moved to the other side of the island so they went to Vosel but before that they went and my, my mother's best friend was Brian McLean's mum Joyce <laughs> Uh, so we, we kind of had these connections. Um, and also, uh, when we were at Vaza as youth groups, um, Eldad had their youth group on a Thursday night. We had ours on a Friday, and Delancey had theirs on a Saturday. And when God was really moving powerfully, we used to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday to each other's groups. Uh, uh, and it was just a great time. God really moved powerfully at that time. Um, um, so I've always had kind of a, a soft spot. I always had a soft spot for Delancey. <coughs> um, where am I? T- where have I got to with this? Yeah. Oh, another thing as well. When I was sort of around 17, I had a girlfriend, and that girlfriend was Christine Martel, Mrs. Martel's da- grand, um, daughter, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, we went, we stuck together for a little bit, um, but I'd rededicated my life to the Lord. And I knew that she wasn't walking with God. Uh, although she was kept on coming to the services, I knew she wasn't walking with God. And I felt God saying to me, look, you're going to have to chuck her. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. You're going to have to chuck her. This isn't good. Yeah. Uh, and um, I did. I broke her heart, poor soul. Anyway, she married Robert Keel in the end. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, uh, so I've had that connection with Delancey as well there. And to say that, um, you know, as we felt we, God led us here, and it's been just a privilege to be here and to be involved in, in work and, and ministry. I love being with people. I, I love seeing people and seeing answered prayer. I prayed for Pat the other week. She was sat at the back there waiting for the service to start and she was in tears poor soul a couple of weeks two weeks ago and she said I've got no peace I've got absolutely no peace at all so she came last week and I said how's your peace she says it's been magnificent all week I've just had the peace of God flooding my life and it's great when when you pray for somebody and that happens also because I work now as a counsellor for the Philippi Trust Christian organisation and uh, that stretched my brain when I was 65-year-old brain, starting to do a GCSE and A-level in, in psychology. Did that in a year, somehow. 
I think they felt sorry for me, so pass me. <laughs> but it's been a privilege as well. Sometimes I see some really tough cases, people in desperate needs, all non-Christians. And, and I go, go to these, these sessions I have with them, these hour sessions, I think, God, I need your help here. I, I need to know what to do. I need to know what to say. And it's marvellous how week after week, session after session, uh, I see God just putting words in my mouth into my mind as well uh, and, and seeing people seeing things that they tunnel visioned all, these, all their lives and all of a sudden they see life from a different perspective and they realise that maybe they've been thinking wrong uh, and they need to change their ways and, and it's been just a marvellous it's a marvellous job to do and I, I really love it uh, so that's a bit of my testimony Thanks very much. That's brilliant. Um, really enjoyed that. Just don't disappear. Um, yeah, no, that was really brilliant and uh, very, very good to uh, hear. Um, he's disappearing. Look, he's running off immediately, but he shouldn't. Come here. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask Steve to come up and pray for you, Nigel. But I w- just want to say, you mentioned a couple of times privilege, the word privilege. We're priv- very privileged to have you here. We really are, and we, we find you an amazing blessing. I've never known anybody be so calm, and and I don't know, it's just you can see the Lord is in you, without a doubt. So you're a real blessing to us, and I just want to tell you that. Steve, will you just come up and pray for Nigel, please? Praise God, let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for Nigel. We thank you, Lord, for the years of service, the years that he's spent just worshipping you and endeavouring to help those that need help. We just thank you, Lord, for his testimony to us. It's a reminder that sometimes just little things make a big difference. And I pray, Lord, that I want to thank I pray, Lord, that you just bless Nigel as he continues life as he continues on the leadership of this church, that, Lord, that his input may be soft but powerful. I pray, Lord, for your blessing upon his family, uh, his, his children and his grandchildren. And uh, I just pray, Lord, that he may know a mighty move of God again on his life. Lord, touch him afresh. Holy Spirit, come upon him in every way, in every aspect of his life, because we ask him in Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Eden Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceedon.co.uk.